All right, Cold World 3. Dilan. Yes. How are you today? Very well, how about you? Pretty good, pretty good. I think uh, we might be giving the impression that our viewers and listeners, uh, to our viewers and listeners, that we might be alcoholic because we've cracked beers pretty much every time we've done a podcast. But it really loosens you up, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And, um... I mean, there's nothing better than having a beer with a mate and talking some shit, so um, I feel like it goes together well. I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, do we do it too much? But then I realised, I swear, there's something about just having a sip of beer that makes you open up a little bit. Yeah, yeah in more ways than one. It really loosens the sphincter, as you would. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. No, but there is, like, I was thinking about it, like, I think it's just like a psychological switch that hits. Like, as soon as you have a beer, you're like, oh, I'm in a safe place now. You relax. I can yeah. be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you ever want to get any info out of me, just give me half a Heineken <laughs> and, uh, and I'll be a truth slut. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I think um, I think it's it's a big part of Australian culture, having a beer. I mean, I don't know what you and your dad are like, but my dad likes to have a beer with me, especially now that I'm older as well. So, mm-hmm. um I think it's just Australian culture to crack a beer with your mate. True. Yeah, I probably haven't done a lot of it lately, which is not a bad thing, I guess, health-wise. But yeah. Dad's the sort of guy who, he used to have a beer every night, but these days he'll just have it very, very sparingly. Yeah. Just for health reasons. So, yeah, sure. Um, but it is a nice luxury. I'm definitely more alcoholic since we moved in together. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, Fridays and Saturdays are uh, pretty much a standard. The, the danger night. Yeah. <laughs> it's either going to be two or three nice quiet beers or we're blowing, blowing the roof off. I'm yeah. glad you said the roof off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, cool. Anyway, seamless segue into uh, Potty 3. Actually, Dylan, how did you feel about Potty 2? I do like to ask how you feel about mm. them because uh, you're still breaking your um, podcast home in a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> That's just gross. Um, no, but how, do you, how did you feel about it? Because I thought it was a bit of a banger. No, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed podcast too. I thought it was a banger as well. Um, I watched the, the whole video in, in, in its entirety and um, I really enjoyed it. Thought, um, thought we carried it well. Thought the conversation was real. It was a, deeper than I think we were both expecting yeah. to go, but it was very real, which um, I think was the whole point of this. So I liked it. How did you find it? Yeah, good. I, um, the views will be a lot less on it. I think that was just that's just what happens when like the first one gets a lot of views because people are interested. Yeah. The second one got less views, but I think I had probably more people message me saying they really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think yeah, good progress. Yeah, there. I mean. The, I'm not too concerned. I mean, we're not con- too concerned about the views as of right now. Obviously, we are watching it, mm. as you would when you put any sort of content out. But, um, yeah, I think we're just focusing on making good videos, having good chats, and I think all that stuff will come later. Um, we're just trying to build up the, the library first, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think we've made a fairly good start. Yeah, like you said, I didn't expect it to be like quite as open and vulnerable mm-hmm. as it was but I think I think that is the effect of the old Heineken's here yep. or whatever it was we were drinking uh, last week what were we having that night I don't know we had was it Furfies the first night the yeah. second night was beers you bought yeah I can't remember. it was on special I can't remember what yeah it whatever whatever the cheapest one is yeah um, yeah anyway uh, sweet but um, yeah so on the back of last week <laughs> we did um, we advertised in the live stream people who wanted to come up with like topic ideas for the potty yep. um, and that sort of tied in with one we wanted to do for a bit um, lessons from your 20s so we're both 26 yep. I got that right this time banging question too I, lo- I love this one this is going to be a good podcast yeah so can, with context obviously we're still only just over halfway through our 20s so still learning like yep. if you think about what we were like at 22 versus 26 a huge difference so like when, thir- when we're 30 it's going to be it's going to be massive again. again yeah and I think that was a, a cool way to approach this question was um if you go back to your 20-year-old self, what, what were the four or five tips that you would give yourself? Mm, true. And that, that's how I sort of approached it. And so I, I like it. I think we, we both sort of ran through our points and we got some cool points. Hopefully people can take away something from this podcast. 
Um, because yeah, speaking from experience for the last six years, um, and life does change a lot in that six years. I think it's, it's kind of tricky because I feel like, say the gap from 16 to 20 is huge. Mm. Like really big. And I, I'm not sure, I, I think that might be the biggest uh, biggest gap of all. Like that's where you learn the most amount of stuff. That's where you really Probably. change the most is that 16 to 20. Probably, yeah. But I think st- even still like this past six years has still been like huge for me. And I think the growth that I've seen within myself is still really big. So hopefully things to come just keep growing, keep getting better. Mm. Both, for, I just realized as well, when you were 16 and I was 16 and then 20, we both moved to different cities. So, yeah, because I grew up in the Middle East and you were in Geraldton and we were both in Perth. So that, that particularly was a big transformative yeah. kind of period, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but we'll give a little shout out to Toby, the one and only, who, um, who was the guy who, whose question really like inspired this particular podcast. He says, uh, going on the same tangent on, of some of the topic about self-growth mentally, what are some good advice slash lessons you've learned through early 20 to now? Uh, especially things through like work slash uni yep. or stuff with relationships, friends, personal growth through this particular phase of life. So thanks, Toby. Really appreciate that. Good question. Um, yeah, helping us make some content here. <laughs> so um, yeah, deal if we, I've, I think we've both prepared like a few things that we've kind of thought about um, in terms of lessons from your 20s. But do you want to kick us off with something you'd like to impart, some wisdom? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just dive straight into my number one point, which is sort of, I'm trying to think where I got this from, but I got this from a podcast and then I sort of made it into my own and I sort of, um, I don't know, it was like a, a half an idea from someone that I've sort of carried on and I've sort of added to and, and now I've just got this sort of le- this sort of rule, I guess, that I, I sort of uh, impose and I, I live by and I think it, it makes life a lot easier, which I think is a good thing, is simplifying life. Mm-hmm. It's So often we can get into overthinking and overanalyzing and just making things so much more complicated than they need to be. So my one is minimize your focus. So what that means is essentially don't spread yourself too thin. I think people tend to want to pick out too many too many things to focus on and in return you're not investing your full amount into the certain thing which may lead to you not giving that full getting the full success and not giving your all. Mm-hmm. So I think if you focus in on your three things, one should make you money, so you should always be passionate about your work or try to be passionate about what you work as or if you aren't working towards something that you are passionate about that you, that you can do for work the second should keep you creative so whether that's you know art music uh podcast whatever it might be and i think the third should be keep you keep you fit so whether it's a playing a sport whether it's just getting into the gym anything like that i think if you focus in on your three things one to make you money one to keep you creative and one to keep you fit um i think you can focus and put a lot of energy into each of those three things and um, I think it will help simplify your life, I guess. It is always interesting when you meet those occasional people that are just really happy sort of being where they are. Mm. They're not driving to make more yeah. money. Like sure. they're in a dead on job and they're not doing something else. And I was really judgmental of me to say that, but it's just, it is interesting how some people just, particularly, I guess in the country maybe, and you, maybe you can speak from experience being from Jero, but like I look at people in Bunbury who are like married at 24, yep. two kids. Yeah got their career don't want to move anywhere else yeah. like, I just can't relate to that yeah I think my dad is definitely one of those people he, he wasn't yeah, really right. fussed on the whole career thing he just wanted to 
make money so that he could spend time with his family and that, and that was essentially all it was I suppose he's at least got that value though like yeah. like he, he's got something that he values and he strives towards that and puts his energy towards sure. that right? he's not just like wasting his life yeah no exactly and, I, and, and to that point I guess if, if you wanted to his three like your three things can be your three things and I think for my dad you might substitute money and you might put family so I guess his three things would be family creative and fitness because mm. he always, he's always been fit he's never not been fit um, he always he's surfed his whole life. He used to be the runner for my football team, like all through juniors and even into when I was playing seniors in Geraldton. Um, creative, he's really into his music. And then instead of Is he? being obsessed about his money and that kind of stuff, he was just more um, more invested into us kids. Yeah. So I guess um, and and you know maybe these three things will change once you move on into life. Um, but as for while you're in your twenties, I think they're three things that are good to focus on. Yeah, I do think having like a creative edge or like aspect of your life is really important for like mental health and stuff as well. I've heard other people say that, but I think for me as well, yeah, up until True Footy, um, I did learn the guitar at like 23, but other than that, I've been pretty devoid between about 18 and 24 of of actually trying to do something creatively. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm so much happier that I've got, you know, work where I maybe don't employ the same creative sort of skills, um, where it's a bit more like logical. And then to come home and do something creative, I think, yeah, the balance there is really good. So I, yeah. think, I think that's pretty good. I, and I just don't think there's anything that can replace it. I don't, I don't, like, I think, yeah, having that creative outlet, something that can really get you thinking. And even if it's like songwriting, you can, like, it, you hear so many people say that uh, a song might have got them through a hard time. Well, generally, the people that wrote that were going through that exact same hardship. And, mm, and, and having the ability to write that out on paper. And then also write it out in a formula that somehow comes through, like um, that resonates with someone. Yeah, and, and not just that, but being able to do it in a way that might rhyme or, or a way that um, is melodic, right. and mm. like that also gives it a certain power and a certain strength. Mm. Um, so I, I'm big on the creative side as well. And then obviously the third one, fitness. I think I think you can't go wrong with if you want your mind to be right. I feel like your body has to be right with you. So. Um, I think the fitness one is just as important as the other two. True. There are so many like links to suggest like mental health and your fitness are yeah. related, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I believe, you know, serotonin boost when you work out, all, the, all that stuff, which is like, um, that's obviously super important. And that, and that directly correlates with your mental health is feeling good. And then I think also looking good. Like if you look good, you feel good. If you're, yeah, that's true, if you're not happy with your appearance, like it, it's, um, it takes a huge, huge toll as well. So Yeah. I mean that, that, that's a that's a big one that I learnt early on and that, that I definitely tried to focus in on the last like couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So those three things and, and keeping my life as simple as possible and making sure that I invest in the things that I want to invest in and not getting outside distractions that might pull me away from them. Mm. I have like watched um, there's a guy called Matt Diavela. Matt Diavela doesn't matter. Um, who he's a YouTuber who any podcaster and entrepreneur and stuff like that who. Um, it's big on minimalism, so just basically. Yeah, cool. I mean, there's an extreme versions of minimalism where you, you literally just don't buy more than one spoon for your house or something yeah, like that. Tiny house living, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd really like embrace that. That's not the part of it that I enjoy, but I just the idea of not being materialistic, buying so much shit that you don't need, yep. and getting cluttered. Like, yeah, I think there's a, a lot to be said for that. Yeah, for sure, that, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, I'll dive into mine, and I'm going to put my the one I'm probably most passionate about first. Um, and this is this is a bit of a Gary Veeism. Did you watch? Did you love watch Gary, a bit of Gary Vee? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Gary Vee. See, I will say this. I'll preface this by saying, like, Gary Vee gets a little bit of a bad rap, I reckon, because it's so easy to look at someone who seems like a salesman or seems like like motivational speakers. People are skeptical about that For sort sure. of thing. But I mean, this guy's actually done it. But I think 
even though he's an entrepreneur and they're like a digital marketer and stuff like that, that's his background. I think there's a lot of powerful messages in what he says mm-hmm. that will resonate with a lot of people. You just have to look past maybe the the personality and the flamboyance of it to really get it. But um, the, basically, so much of what you do is governed by what people think of you. And I think that's a real issue for a lot of people, even if they don't realize it. Yeah. But deep down, I guess it's really important to understand yourself in terms of what motivates you and whether or not that has been governed by deep down what people think of you. So for instance, I see a lot of people who strive to have a really good career, not because they enjoy the path. But just so when someone asks them, what do you do for a living? Yes. They can then reply with a decent answer. That makes them feel better because that person thinks they're important. Exactly. And look, if people are really attracted to like esteem and status and stuff like that, uh, not esteem, so like... um, prestige and status yeah. like that and and that like that's cool if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. then i support that but i'm i guess i'm referring to the the specific amount of people and maybe i felt like this who were pursuing something that they felt obligated to to try and impress other people be it women or their parents and i think gary v's big on the parent one yeah big time and i guess my, like i think i made that realization around the time i started true footy that i was pursuing law and commerce because it was the best thing that i could do and i wanted my parents to think that I was doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. But probably the best advice I've heard him give is to have the conversation with the people you think are going to judge you. So for instance, for me, I had a conversation with my dad about how serious I was about true footy. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was thinking, he's going to be like, this isn't a real career, mate. Like, pursue your law degree. Yes. Um, you know, make the right conservative decision. But I was completely wrong. He mm-hmm. didn't think that at all. And he, mm-hmm. he was fully supportive of it. I think, I mean, to be fair, I still finished my degree. Yeah. And I still work hard at my actual nine to five job. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is like, sometimes A, the, the opinions of people don't matter, even the people that you love. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your parents think about your career. Like you should do what you want to do. Yeah. And secondly, sometimes your perception of what they think is going to be completely different to yeah. reality. So yeah. I don't know. I found that really powerful. And I mean, it's, it hinges on everything I do. Every decision I make, I think, am I doing this because deep down I want or I care about what, whether I'll be judged. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I don't know if you have this, but I'm sure a lot of people watching this can, can relate. Um, you have that moment where you're like, so I've been grinding for the last few years, or I've had this moment where I'm like, true, I've been doing true footy for three years, haven't pursued my degree yet, nowhere near like being able to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, what am I doing? Yep. But then I think, why am I asking myself that question? Yep. Because I'm worried what other people yeah. will think of me. And yeah. I think like, especially coming out of a relationship, that stability is gone. So like before, when you're a long-term partner who you love, you're like, I don't, it doesn't really matter what people think. But as soon as I've gone single again, like I'm starting to care a little bit more. Yeah. And that's good just, just to sort of check yourself and yeah. rein yourself and in. And it, it does, it is a bit of societal expectations, like how, how the, what, the, what was considered the norm for previous generations. Mm. So, uh, I mean, our parents, they, they would have got married very young and, and settled down really young. And then you look at the grandparents, they would have got married even younger and had kids even younger. And I think we're just coming into an age now where people are more focused in on like fulfilling their lives instead of, um, yeah, like getting into debt with the house that you maybe mm. couldn't afford. And if you bought it five years later, like, are you really that, that much worse off? Like you're not. Yeah. Getting married a bit later, like people aren't too stressed about that. And it's, this is, it's a funny that you bring up this point and the, the conversation that you took from that point, because then it rolls onto my next point, which is... Don't make the right move, make your move. I'm intrigued by that. 
Well, it, it literally is again what you've just said. So, um, law and commerce was that was that the was that your move or was that the right move? It's probably the right move. So it was the right move. Yeah. And then you'd say true footy was your move. True footy was the time when you said like, um, this this isn't normal. This isn't like you're not mm. gonna go to school and your your school counselor is gonna say you should do a career in YouTube. That's <laughs> so true. But then yeah. like that might be your move. That might be your passion. That yeah. might be your thing. Mm. And I, I, I and I believe in that. I believe in getting caught up in society's expectations, getting caught up in, in what people think and, and wanting to do the right move because it's what people consider to be the right move instead mm. of really focusing on what you like and what you're good at and then making your moves. Like, f- I guess, forging your own path. Don't, don't follow the standard paths that are the right paths. If you want and if it's, if it's, if it's in your nature and in your personality and, and taking that right path just doesn't seem right for you, there's nothing wrong with taking your path, creating your different way to get to wherever you feel like you need to be. Yeah, and 100%, like, a lot of the people anyway who you're worried about judging, you probably fucking don't know shit. Yeah, Do you know what sure. I mean? Like, they're, they're just people like you or I. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the old adage, uh, tying into the true footy thing, the old adage, the cliche is, like, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But yeah. that is so true. So, like, for instance, the true footy, I work hard at my job, nine to five. I come home and then... Not so much lately because I've talked about how I'm just like a little bit withdrawn from it because I've had other shit going on. But generally speaking, I would spend like four hours a night on it and I would just not feel like worn down or like yeah. like it was strenuous. Or anything yeah, like, like I was genuinely doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to do that more than play FIFA yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I think the tricky part is finding out what your passion is. Yeah. That's probably the hardest thing. And that can take, that can take your lifetime. Mm. That, that, that can literally take you to 40 years of age until you really understand but um yeah it's a it's hard because i i also do believe in i think people pick things it doesn't turn out to be what they want and then they back out and they pick mm. something else that doesn't turn out to be what what they want and then they back out again and i, I don't think that's the way to do it either i think although uh, making like like we just said your move and then doing the things that you want to do i think at some point you do need to just grit your teeth and get through things mm. So, I mean, I'm sure there was times at uni where you didn't really want to do it. There was, yeah. times, there was times in my uni, and I work with, with, with my degree, there was times at my uni that I didn't want to do it. Like, you know, the unit might have been just too hard. It might have been a weird unit that I just didn't enjoy. Mm. And you sit there and think, like, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. And it, I think it's also those moments to then, like, put yourself down and say, like, no, like, I, I decided I want to do this. Like, I'm going to go through with it. So it's a balancing act. I was going to say, it really is a balance. It's a fine art between balancing... Um, collapsing at every hurdle but mm-hmm. like and just like pushing through the you know the speed bumps and then also being aware enough to be like this generally isn't what i want to yeah, do that yeah. is the fine art because i think another good piece of advice is to never feel trapped by what you're doing yeah just because you've sunk six years into a law degree and you've say you've practiced for two years not that i have um don't feel like you can't change your life no. even if you, if you realize you really want to mm-hmm. but then like you say it's a very good point you don't you don't want to go too far the other way and just have every single obstacle because life's fucking hard like the shit will pop up hell yeah obstacles pop up there will be elements of true footy that i fucking hate yep that i have to get through yeah um and yeah you'd really got to push through those so yeah it's just about self-awareness I guess. it is yeah for sure um third point yeah is it you or me i've lost track you can go actually no it was you it was me so, yeah, okay give, give me your second point um okay this kind of ties in so i'll just do this like wrap it up really neatly it's the second point to my first point um, do what you're passionate about. We live in an era where, where you can make a career out of your passion. And again, like one of my favorite 
Um, Gary V rants as he says, if you like the Smurfs, make a fucking Smurf, Smurfs blog and just make it the best fucking Smurfs blog you can. Yeah. And you can make money from it. Yeah. Even if you, even if it means like making 30 grand less a year or wherever it is, um, there's no reason why you can't do it. And, you know, if I do pursue true footy as a career, the best case scenario is I'm probably going to be making a shitload less money than I would if I pursued a law degree. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on that yeah. point. And then I guess it's just a, a cost versus the benefits. Like, would you rather the extra money or would you rather generally be happy and love what you do? Mm. And I feel like nine times out of ten people will say, I'd rather love what I do and be happy. Yeah. I'm a very privileged... I had a very privileged upbringing... And I think I've got the reverse chip on my shoulder and I don't, I don't long to make a lot of money. You see a lot of people who come out of like financial hardships through their youth and they're just like, I'm going to make as much money as I can. And I'm, I'm the opposite example and maybe to a fault where I've maybe, we weren't like loaded, but I've never really stressed about money. Yeah. So I guess growing up now as a young adult, I'm not thinking about how can I maximize the wealth. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking I want to do something that I enjoy doing. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. I think I, I probably am more money driven. Yeah. Um, my parents definitely. My, my parents didn't graduate high school. They didn't go to uni. They don't have degrees. Yeah. They don't have um, any trades or anything like that. So they definitely um, would have those like dead end jobs that people talk about. Um, but they they made it work. And, and when me and my brother were growing up, it was like hard. We, they did struggle a bit. And then mm. as I got as we got older, and my brother left, and then I left, and now I have a younger sister. Um, they're a lot better now. Like they, they're really good with their money now, and they're they're well off now. So my dad is just about to turn sixty, and he can retire. He could retire right now if he wanted to. Yeah, he's done really well in investing in his superannuation, and and he's done well enough that he has money that he could retire on and and live out and not need a, a um fuck what's that thing called um pension pension yeah he he, he doesn't need a pension. So mm. he's he's done it well where he's worked hard enough for a, a number of years. 30, 35 years, 40 years, mm. and he's invested enough that he doesn't need a pension right now. Well, my third point, um, I guess tie, it ties into a lot of things. that we, We've already mentioned it already, but uh, look after your mind, so mental health. I th- I, I'm not sure if you found this, but the older I get, the more like strain my mental health will go through. So really? when, when I was, I don't know if it was because I was younger, I was more naive. Like you just don't consider a lot of things. The older you get, the, the heavier, um, I guess, like decisions weigh on you or, or things that you've, you might've said something to someone and, and that will weigh on you because you might've act, you could have acted better in that situation. Um, I just feel like the older I got, the more I needed to be aware of my mental health and the more I needed to look after my mental health. Mm. I couldn't just be naive and just flow through life like I used to when I was yeah. 16, whatever. Um, so I, th- I think that's a big point as well. Have you had a time in your life where your mental health was pretty shit? Yeah, so um, two times. When so my my biggest thing is I hate the feeling of being stagnant, which I guess ties into the being feeling trapped. Mm. Um, so the very day that I finished my carpentry apprenticeship, just woke up and hated it. Really? Because I completed the goal, and yeah. like, and the, the goal wasn't to be a carpenter. The goal was like, this is a step in a direction that I wanted to take. Yeah. Because I knew I wanted to be in property construction somewhere in that. I just didn't know where, and I took a carpentry apprenticeship uh, for purely the fact that I wanted the knowledge of a carpenter, but I didn't want to be a carpenter. Mm. I, just, I just liked what they knew. I mm. thought being able to walk into any building, any house, and know how it's built and, and know the, the fundamentals of where the load is bearing and, and, and what goes up first and, and the, the process that's behind it all. I thought that was cool and that was interesting, so I wanted to learn that. But, yeah, once I finished my apprenticeship, it was sort of like I'd done that 
and I was really ready for that next stage. And, and um, I mean, the, the day after I finished my apprenticeship, I, I moved to Perth and I was looking at universities here. Okay. The second time was when I, the very next day after I graduated the uni. Really the same, same concept? Exact same concept. So I finished mm. the goal, I did what I did, and I didn't have a graduate job to walk straight into, and yeah. I, I just felt trapped and stuck again. And so those were the two times that I really... And the, the, the latter affected me more, which again, I think ties into what I was saying before. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older and I'm more conscious of these sort of things now, mm. that I really need to like check myself and focus on my mental health. But um, yeah, those two times, especially the, like I said, the latter, that was real rough. How did you come out the other side of those moments? Well, the... So when I finished uni, I like the, the, for like the last year of my degree, I was like applying for jobs and just not getting a look in for anything, like for a good reason, I suppose. Like a lot of jobs out there were sort of they were entry level jobs, but for some reason, an entry level job requires work experience, which makes like no sense to me at all. So like I was applying for these jobs and they wanted like two to three years work experience. I was like a fresh uni student. Like I've got, I mean, when I first started applying from, I hadn't even graduated yet. So. Um, what I did was I got a job as a carpenter and sort of worked through that because I knew that was the easiest way to make myself some good money. I kept my uni job, which was working at Bunnings, and I just worked those two jobs. So I would start at seven in the morning and I'd finish at three doing my carpentry stuff and then I'd run to Bunnings and I'd start at Bunnings at four and then I'd probably work till about 10 o'clock. Yeah. And I would do that basically every day. And I, just, and I just did that and I just like threw my I said if, if I'm not doing like the thing that I'm passionate about if I'm not doing the thing that I'm my end goal and I know this period is only going to be a short period and I'm just going to get as much money as I can like I don't care if it burns me out I don't care if I I hate it like if I'm not doing my goal if I'm not if I'm not on the path that I really want to be on then the, other, the alternative is just make as much money as you can so that if an opportunity arises i.e. I, a job in Melbourne comes up and I have an opportunity to go there I want to be able to go like done like here's, here's money I've, I've just been working two jobs for like six months I can pay whatever you need me to pay hmm. um, the other alternatives was I was going to give myself a year so if I didn't have my graduate job in a year I was going to take a year off and I was going to go to America thankfully I didn't so I, I got my graduate job after nine months and thankfully I didn't because as we we're all aware the February that followed was COVID hmm. so I would have been in America if I didn't get my graduate job Fuck. So a lot of what ifs, yeah. but it, it's funny how it all played out. And it, and now I sit here now and I'm grateful for how it all played out. I mean, I'm in a much better position than I could have ever been. All those jobs that I applied for previously were nothing compared to the job that I'm in now. Mm. Like they, they were average jobs. I yep. was just desperate. So um, yeah, I just threw, I just, it's another point that I've got here, but I just backed my work ethic. And I was like, if I'm not doing, like I said, if I'm not doing the thing that I'm passionate about, I'm just going to get money and I'm going to rely on my work ethic. And hopefully someone along the line will see that and appreciate that. Mm. And that's what I did. That's cool. Is there certain techniques that you do like day to day to look after your mental health? Or yeah, what? so um, I'm big on my showers. So in my showers, I meditate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? You're into meditation? Meditate. So in the mornings, I like to go through and just sort of like, I guess just think about what, what my plan for the day is, like how I see my day pl- playing out and just getting myself ready to like take on the challenges that are, that I see happening in the day and generally like a lot of this stuff is work related and generally I'll, I'll know what I'm about to do for the day like not very often do I go into a day completely unaware of what's about to happen at work like generally I'll know the job that I'm on generally I'll know I'll know the juice of like what I'm about to do so um preparing myself like mentally for that and then I definitely like coming home and like um 
showering again at night I, I like to take a minute and like mm. breathe deeply I have like some essential oils that I put in the shower that like help with like mist up and they yeah. like I, I like um, eucalyptus yeah okay. like eucalyptus oil a lot and just yeah just like take a moment take a couple of breaths and just like really let things let things out and like not just like bottle it up and I think the other thing is not being afraid of the emotions not being afraid of like actually fully diving in mm. and like really asking yourself like why why does this hurt me? Like, why, so why, does, why does this affect me? Yeah. Instead of instead of acting like it's not there. Yeah. I mean, even like small things, like if you find out like a person, not like a like a, a girlfriend or anything, but just like a, a, a guy, if he if you find out like apparently he doesn't like you, you've never done anything to you to to yeah. him in your life, but for some reason that will like hurt me, and I'll be like, well, like, yeah, and then I'll that. find myself trying hard to like be funny around him and like yeah. enforcing it. Yeah. And then I think I think it's important to just be like, be like, why does this mm. really affect me? Like, why why do I have this absolute need that? For everyone to like me like it's not going to be the reality of it and just um yeah yeah so two points taking your time and really having a breath and and just whatever that is mine is showers and essential oils and all that stuff and the second is not being afraid to dive into why something might hurt you i really like your point about um trying to work out what it is that bothered you like this happens to me all the time and i, I i've got like a not at the moment but i have had like anxiety in the past mm-hmm. um and like sometimes I'll just be at work or something and I'll just have this massive pang of anxiety and that doesn't happen randomly. And then I have to think, what was it in the last 30 seconds that's triggered that and really trying to deep dive it and work out what it was so that I can work out if it's actually important or not. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes like, yeah, I don't know. I think being able to psychoanalyze yourself and try and isolate what it is that bothers you and why and being honest with yourself about why it is you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I suppose speaking a bit cryptically here, but like... I don't know. That's. I think that's a really interesting point as well. And I think it helps with um, not making the same mistakes over and over again. So if it's something that you've done, and and mm. and then it's twenty four hours later, and you're feeling shitty about it, yeah. And then just sort of swiping it off and not really giving it thought, or alternatively diving in and saying like, why does why why do I feel shit right now? Like why, mm. why am I feeling shitty? And it's okay. Well, it's it's because I said this thing, and and then going into it like okay, well, next time I'm not, I'm not going to say things like that. Next time I'm going to be True. more aware. And, yeah. then, and then it helps learn your lessons so that next time you're not making these same silly mistakes that make you feel shit. Yeah, that's true. And to, and to use a better example, because I just made my point really clumsily, but to use your example about, say, the guy that doesn't like you yeah. and uh, you haven't done anything to him, like being honest with you enough to yourself to realize or to look and be like, I'm bothered that he doesn't like me because I kind of have an irrational need to be liked mm-hmm. and just being self-aware enough to realize that mm-hmm. and then either saying what can i do to um you know rub this guy better that rub this guy better that's <laughs> <laughs> i know because i was trying to do the opposite the wrong way yeah i was trying to yeah. i was trying to reverse it i don't know that. if it works that way it doesn't no <laughs> i want to rub in the right way <laughs> no it, uh, i guess what i mean is work out either it's something that i've actually done wrong or question do i should I care that yeah. he doesn't like me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really the, and, and, the point. I was and trying to make. also being aware that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm. Like there are going to be people that aren't going to get along with you, and and being okay with that. And that, yeah. that also takes again that deep dive within yourself. Yeah. To like really think like, have I done anything to this person? Like, what have I acted mm. wrongly when they're around? And if the answers are no, then you should be able to put it aside and say, mm. I'm just not that person's cup of tea. That's fine. Um, I have so many friends that do like me and do appreciate the person that I am. Let me focus on that. Yeah, and that, and it's a good way to be because uh, if if you're actually questioning whether I've done something to this person, it actually makes you a better person as well. Yeah. Maybe you have done something that you didn't realize would affect that person. Yeah. 
Um, but often it could be just that someone's jealous. Yeah. That's generally why people hate people for no reason. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. What was your third point? My point is actually related to yours a bit about the whole mental health thing. And while we just talked about um, being psychoanalytical about yourself and being self-aware, I do think there's people like me who might be overthinkers. Mm-hmm. And my advice is to not to try not to be too introspective. Yeah. So I, I've had like issues when I was younger, like around 21 to 22, probably about 18 months, I had a real rough period with my mental health. Yep. And for me, that was very self-esteem driven. Yep. And we talked about it a little podcast. I think I just had issues when I was a kid. Um, not serious issues. Like just, I was just a kid that didn't really rate himself. Yep. Like I just constantly underrate myself. And I think that's another good piece of advice is, I reckon the best way to be is to overrate yourself by 10% to think that you're always good enough to do stuff yeah. without actually having the ego. Yeah. But yeah, we'll touch on that. But um, yeah, no, I guess I guess the worst thing you can do as it starts pissing down here in Melville um, is to be too psych- uh, too psychoanalytical. And I like, for instance, I'm obviously going through this breakup. The, the hardest parts of that is like when I'm alone. So, and it's, I'm not talking, I don't want to paint a picture of me being some like, yeah, like basket case. It's just, it's just like, I feel shit. Yeah. But when you're home watching TV, like I'm just not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not thinking about all the things that I did wrong Yeah. or, um, you know, in the past, I'm not thinking about why, um, I don't know, like things didn't go right with a girl, just keeping busy, being productive and not just thinking about everything will do wonders for your mental health. Do you think, um, like, through you saying that, I just had a random thought, but would it be fair to say that it's important to obviously dive into yourself, into yourself, dive within your emotions and your feelings to figure out why you're feeling that way? Mm. But once you've done that and once you've come to a conclusion, to then put it aside and not revisit it. Mm. If you keep revisiting them over and over again, yeah, that's probably. where the problems are lie. Probably, yeah. So I don't know if you've, you've probably had a lot of those thoughts previously before, but mm. you might think of them over and over again. And, and that's, is that more what you're referring to? Yeah, probably. Um, and just, yeah, just overthinking things and just maybe attributing meaning to things that didn't have meaning. Yeah, so like an interaction yeah. that I've had with someone where they didn't mean to be rude or yeah. whatever, yeah. or talk me down or I don't know, just an example, I can't think of anything. Um, but you know they might have just said something offhanded and I, I know I've said things that probably sounded rude that I would never have meant to have said to somebody before so yeah. I mean just also having clarity around that is really important but I, I remember there's a really uh, poignant expression once somebody said I can't remember who but it says the danger with depression is that it masks itself as rational thought so you can sort of be talking poorly to yourself over a period of time and you you will think that it's rational thought, yeah. But instead, it's your it's your psyche. You've you've like worn yourself down yeah. over such an extended period of time that yeah. you think you're talking sense. Yeah. But if you said them out loud to someone, as I have in the past, they'll be like, "What the fuck are you talking yeah. about?" Like yeah. you know. So yeah. it's just important to. to not so get maybe a, maybe a good takeaway point is um, talk to a mate. Yeah, talk to a mate. Discuss these things. Do do your best to analyze it, but then also try to have a relationship with somebody within your circle, whether it's, mm. it doesn't need to be a mate, it can be a parent, it can be anybody, but try to have someone that you can be completely honest with and really break down these with them and get their touching point. Because if, like, yeah, I, th- I think, and it needs to be someone you trust as well. But I think mm. I think that's another good, good point as well to add to this. And one thing that doesn't get said much in this whole mental health debate, uh, debate, discussion, is like, 
the the that's the hardest thing to do to actually talk to someone yeah, for sure because generally speaking people who have poor mental health or depression or whatever do not feel like they're worth getting better yeah that is probably the biggest issue that faces them so yep. it's like why would i bother being proactive to have this conversation um there's no point yep. like i'm not worth it yeah that that can be very difficult difficult for people so i guess if you're on the other side of it you're a friend um of someone who like that's the thing as well with depression it's so hard to detect like there's so many oh, yeah. people that are like i've heard of so many stories of people who like killed themselves and people no like i had no idea yeah. Yeah. so it, i mean that's the fucking hardest thing about it i guess but yeah. i mean i mean it kind of touches on my next point but we'll we'll skip back to it but i was going to say if you're a friend like one thing i like and our friendship groups like this don't be too proud or shy to like just pay someone a compliment or just build them up a little bit and i think that's something our friendship group's always been good at yeah yeah if we think something good about someone we we just tell them yeah whereas i can think of other friendship groups that have a been a part of or b just witness that they would just fucking rip on each other i've all the time. i've noticed that as well like there are friendship groups and like the whole banter is just chipping each other out and mm. i have never been one to get like i don't get around yeah, that at all like, i would rather spend my time joking with my mates in not a way that's going to make anyone feel shit mm. and like boosting them up like like yeah giving them compliments telling them like you know get involved in the gym and, and saying to each other like man you're looking swole like yeah. there's no shame in that like it's not man you are hung <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit weird but like it, there's nothing wrong with really giving your mates a good compliment like it's yeah you should you should want to bring your mates up you, you don't want to drag them down you want to boost them up you want them to feel good and Mm. and the, like it, the the circle will continue and then they'll give it to you and then it's just a healthy relationship like i said the best way you can be is to overrate yourself by 10 percent. i reckon yeah that's just, interesting and just i think somebody as well another quote like i'm randomly attributing to someone <laughs> like fuck knows who said all this shit but um another great quote is the tree uh, the key to confidence is walking to a room and assuming everyone likes you yeah and the hardest part is obviously to convince yourself that but if you think everyone likes you um, and it's the same at work like for me like once I felt like I'd earned people's respect I got so much better at being a supervisor because yeah. I just felt confident sure. whereas when I started I was like these these guys that I'm all the boss of have like they know more than I do yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah it's yeah that is an interesting like it's just an interesting discussion because I've never like my typical attributes like the pure the pure core of who I am is like confident mm. um, outgoing and like those so i i've never had a problem with not feeling confident yeah and then i had a problem with those sort of although like there has been times where my mental health hasn't been the best i can't say that i've ever thought i wasn't worth it or ever ever mm. thought little of myself i always knew what i was i think where mine comes from is i know what i'm capable of or i know what i think i'm capable of and i'm willing to push myself to serious lengths to to, to prove that to myself yeah and when I feel like I'm stuck and I'm not doing what I feel like is the the best move for me and, and I'm not utilizing my abilities to the best of the ability and I feel like I'm being undervalued and underused, yeah, that's okay. where I, that's where I get interesting get a bit feel a bit shit. It's quite interesting. We've got completely different perspectives on it, and uh, it's probably good for people watching and listening because half the people can probably relate to what you're saying. Yeah. half the people can probably relate to what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. We're quite opposite in that respect. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, fuck enough rambling on. No. Um, what what else we got, Dil? Um, so yeah, my um, what is it? Fourth point, um, was be grateful. And this is another big Gary Vee thing. Mm. Um, he uses he, it every day. He I does. Like, I like he, it. Though. And he talks about the one in four trillion. Mm. So the the statistical odds, and I literally googled this before, so anyone can fact check me if you want. But um, <laughs> the statistical A quick odds. Google search will run. <laughs> <laughs> I did my research. I did my homework. But um, yeah, the, the statistical odds of you being born are about one in a trillion. 
of you being the one sperm that hits that egg first. Wasn't it 400 trillion? Sorry, what did I say? You said a trillion. Oh, sorry, it's one in 400. You can fact check me if you want. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that I've got to say it right. But um, one in 400 trillion. So I think that's a huge point. And this is this is one thing that I... Um, I mean, I, people laugh at me, but I literally do it. So we have reclining couches at our house. And every night I'll sit in my reclining couch. And it's, it's probably the one moment that I take out to really appreciate. Because I just think to myself, how many... Honestly, how many 20-year-old... 20 year old 21 oh my god year old. how many 26 year olds in the world can sit at their own home in their recliner couch watching like NBA on Apple TV people like, in Australia will probably listen to be like oh that's kind of common but like in America that's not common like yeah. and like the rest of the fucking third world that's exactly not and you think about the poverty that's out there like yeah. I am truly blessed I eat good food I get to lie down I, I relax I re- lie down on a reclining couch I have a good job, like I'm, like I'm really am blessed. And so I think that is just a huge thing to play out, is just always remember how great, how blessed you are and be grateful for those blessings. Mm, very true. I, I saw a Gary Vee clip the other day um, where he's talking to someone who can't figure out what they want to do with their life. And he's like, the first thing you need to do is, where do you think you sit on a ranking of people from one, one to 7.7 billion or whatever it is? Where do you think you sit? And the answer would have been probably fucking top 5%, just for the fact that he lived in America, went to college, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, like, you could just compare it to anyone in Africa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we probably got it better. And, like, the slums in India and, yeah, like, yeah. things like that. Like. Anyone in Africa is such a... That's a quite a disrespectful thing I said. <laughs> just say. No, but generally, um, what I mean is the standard of living, obviously. Yes. In Australia or, you know, wherever country you live in is going to be so much higher. Um, and, you know, I at the risk of making this dark again, because we've gone pretty dark on this potty but for me like I lost my mother when I was 23 and the way I got through that and my dad had the exact same attitude is think of all the people you know who fucking either had shit parents their whole life or like I like I've met so many people whose like mum killed themselves at a similar age or died when they were like five yeah like I can fucking name so many people who have it worse than me yeah so I I'm one thing I never felt through losing mum was like a victim mm-hmm. especially like her her childhood was fucking rough as well so yeah i'm big on gratitude and once once you really lock into that there's nothing worse than meeting someone who's got a bit of a shit life and just goes on about it all the time yeah or just like you know just relationship dramas and they're just you can just feel that victim mindset coming out of them all the time it's just such an unattractive thing yeah and that that will never get you anywhere as well playing the victim never does anything for you all right i think i've only got like one more point oh i got a couple but they're pretty minor um the f- oh, no, actually, no, I've got a few. All right, this this ties into what I kind of already touched on, is just to say everything while you can. And I think I said it last potty as well. Um, not to go on about it too much, but obviously I lost my mother. And in the you know ensuing months, all I could think about was all the things that I didn't say. And like, it, it, obviously, while you're grieving, different things go into your head. But I was just like, did she know, you know how much I loved her yeah. and stuff like that, which, you know... If anyone else said that to me and I was giving them advice, I'd be like, of course you knew. Yeah. But, you know, those are the things that go through your head. So I guess, and I've talked talk, talked about it as well, like I'm more open and loving with my dad as a result. And, and like I said about friends as well, paying them compliments or not even compliments, just expressing to them how much they mean to you. Because you never know, like somebody could be fucking suicidal. Yep. And it could be the last thing you say to them. So mm-hmm. I know that's really fucking heavy advice for this podcast. It's which, true though. But it's, it is something I'm a big believer in. So always err on the side of being kind and expressing what you mean because worst case scenario, 
like you just pay them a compliment you didn't really mean yeah so yep. yeah that's all i've really got on that one yeah no i guess mine ties into that as well and it's um i've just got be kind and then in brackets i've got being a good bloke will get you further than being a dick um and i i think i think that's really true as well i, I don't i think if you're a dick to every person that you come across i really think that like maybe you might get away with it at primary school you might get away with it at high school but i really think that that stuff really catches up with you in the end yeah and i think you get into like the not even the later stages of your life i want to say like the later stages of like your 20s like maybe your early 30s and then you start to get like a really bad reputation of just being an asshole mm. and people don't want to deal with you people don't want to know you um it can, you can, it can leave to a very uh lonely existence so um i think like just generally being kind is uh is a mm. good one that I would go back and I would instill in my 20-year-old self to make sure that you are still kind. I don't think I was ever a dick to anybody, but mm. I would still make sure that's a, that's a point that I'd, I'd say. I remember when I was about, uh, when I was 19, when I moved from, I graduated high school at uh, 18 um, and then moved home at 19 to here. And because I was in a, a relationship with a girl for like three years um, and then, you know, everyone started flying home to their respective countries because this was in the Middle East. Everyone was from a different country. So when you graduate, everyone moves home, broke up with a girlfriend. And I just, I, there was this moment where like I was sitting there, but virtually no friends and my girlfriend had moved away. And I can't remember what it was, but I think there was this kid um, at school and I, I, I hate to say that I ever bullied someone. I never bullied someone in an overt way, but I kind of would... Do you know what I'm like? I'm like a prankster, a jokester. Yeah, and there yeah. was, invariably, there was one guy who probably copped it more than anyone. Yeah. And I'd noticed that he'd unfollowed me on Facebook or f- unfriended me on Facebook. And that really hit me hard. Yeah, I yeah. was like, so here I am, just graduated, no girlfriend, like no friends. And like, I have to start a new life. And then there's like my legacy or part of my legacy is this one bloke who probably had a really shit, I don't want to exaggerate it, but probably had a shit time at high school at times because of me yep. and that, that really hit home for me and yep. since then I've always always tried to be a nice person at the mm-hmm. very least like there's definitely different levels of being a good person yep. being nice is just one of them yep. but that's something I've always really tried to try to do trying to leave a, a legacy of at least being a kind person which is something we talked about in the last part as well for sure yeah, yeah. did you have another point? Um, I did and then my text my phone texted um, my phone texted um, oh, the one thing I like is um, I've watched the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Yeah, cool. good movie. Yeah, yeah, really simple point. Um, I'm an introverted person. My natural instinct to to is to say no to opportunities and stuff like that. I remember as a kid, like whenever a new kid that I'd never hung out with outside of school wanted to hang out, I was just like, no. But purely just no, for no reason it was just that like I hadn't mentally prepared for yeah. like maybe I'm on the autism autism spectrum or something like that <laughs> but I just I hate change which is yeah that's a big thing I need to get through as well but um that's another piece of advice actually just sort of get better at coping with change if you're not good at it but yeah. um but anyway yes man basically just free yourself up so that you're not the sort of person who says no to every opportunity you don't have to take it literally and say yes to absolutely everything you don't <laughs> like, have to go like Jim Carrey did yeah <laughs> in the movie is quite a literal adaptation but yeah. um, I think that's a really good way to be put yourself in position and you know meet good people there's so many people who like you know meet their wife or husband or you know meet some of their best friends or like get a great opportunity simply because they said yes to some minor yeah. opportunity yeah. So, yeah and yeah. I think to that point just being open minded yeah. like considering everything and giving everything a go don't, don't be shy don't be afraid just like 
crack in and, and get to it, which sort of um, I think might semi ties into my next point. Not really, but in a, in a sense, seamless. Yeah, that was um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it ties into my next point. Not really at all. Well, but, I guess uh, I looked at it and I was like, I get, I, a little bit, and then the more I thought about it, it doesn't. Anyway, we've talked about it too much already. Yeah. Um, nothing beats work ethic, and I, I heavily, heavily believe this. Being a person that. Um, some might say it would be I was at a disadvantage in some aspects of life being dyslexic um, a lot of my childhood was filled with tests of like you know am, am I ADHD am I ADD doctors wanted to put, put me on medications for those things um, you know my parents really did a lot trying to trying to figure out why I was struggling at school so hard um, but the one thing they always instilled in me was hard work and work ethic um, so I think I, if you would ask me the one thing that got me to the point I am today and I would consider myself a success I, I would say that I've done well given the cards that I was given um, and I, I would easily pin it all back down to hard work I think my work ethic is um, something that no one could ever take away from me and I think it's the one thing that if anybody was really wanting to challenge me on anything I think I would beat them purely on my hard work and my work ethic and that's also like the confidence in me in, in saying that but I, I, I believe that if you can't say it out if you can't say it out, uh, I guess, confidently, you're, ne- you're not going to go through with it anyway. Mm. So, um, I mean, Kevin Durant has a quote, and it's, uh, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard, mm. which is really true as well. So I think um, your work ethic will get you everywhere, and your talent may open the door for it. But again, your work ethic will get you, get you, it, get you it, yeah. Do you think work ethic is something that's trained or taught? Uh, sorry, no, <laughs> that's the same thing. Taught or is it inherent, yeah. do you think? It's a good question. I don't know. I've always had like a, like I said, I've always had that uh, competitive competitiveness in me, and I've mm. always had that like pure drive. So I think that was just one thing. Like if I ever felt some sense of competition, like I was willing to grip my teeth a little bit harder and get and get through things a little bit, a little bit harder than what other people might have. Mm. But um, I definitely think it's something that you can work on for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's all doom and gloom if you're not naturally just a, a hardworking person. I think. Yeah, I guess to the to the point that we made at the very start of the podcast, just being self aware and yeah. knowing that you're not that person, and then saying like, "Yeah," and telling yourself like, "I need to work hard right now." Like, there's there's mm. no other option. I think the trick is as well to find like uh, the motivation, um, but but the responsibility is on you to find that yourself. Like for me, I think like I was the youngest of and a fairly privileged kid, so like I wouldn't say that I really had to grind too much in my childhood, other than the fact that. All the people in my family were very hard workers. Mm-hmm. So I, I maybe I inherently, so like um, not inherently, but like maybe I just sort of subconsciously picked up on that. Yeah. But for, for uni, I've said this before, I kind of like skated through it. Like I coasted and I just did enough to get by. And in a way, I actually think that was, I think, I think I'm, that was kind of a good achievement in the sense that I was something I never really threw myself at, but I just did enough. And I think I'm not a perfectionist. I'll never strive for stuff that i'm especially if i'm not passionate about it but the fact that i did enough to get by with um with less effort i I guess i'm kind of i don't want to say i'm proud of it because it's a bit lame but i I guess what a point i'm trying to make is when i'm passionate about something i zero in on it yeah like again maybe i'm on the autistic spectrum but i literally just get tunnel vision so for instance like true footy i've worked so much harder on that than i worked on my degree yeah and you know stuff when i was younger as well like little creative projects i would just annihilate it (laughs) i had to use a um a popular term on here um i just fucking annihilate it (laughs) and um and just throw everything at it and and at work as well i describe my work ethic as good but um but there's definitely periods of my life where it probably hasn't been great so i don't know 
I guess I guess it's just about trying to find that motivation for yourself. Yeah. I just I just think work ethic takes no talent. Like it doesn't take it. It's, True. Not, it's not a talent to be to have a work ethic. Like mm. work ethic comes from again like having the motivation, which I think also leads into like having a why. Like if you really know yeah. why you want to do something. Like it, like for you, true footy was like there's, there's your why was like your career, like why are you doing mm, this? Yeah. Because you love it and it's a career. So and maybe true. uni, maybe your why was a little bit soft. Maybe your why was like because your parents, you thought it your parent, it would be, mm. it, it, you thought it would make your parents proud, and like maybe, and that that's not going to affect you. That's not going to give you pure motivation as much. hundred percent. Um, I think you nailed it. I think the fact that I didn't need to exceed, I just needed yeah. to get it done. That was my attitude. And that's all I did. Because my my uni life was very different. Because I. Uh, yeah like when I decided I was going to go to uni that was like a huge step for me that was like mm. a that was that was like a going against all odds type of situation yeah to yeah. the point where my parents didn't want me to go to university yeah I remember saying my, that my dad did, said to me he's like I, I, I don't want you throwing away uh, a trade to try this uni stuff like you hated school you weren't good at school we don't see why you'd want to go there and why you'd want to put yourself through that and it just came down to me saying like, look, I'm going to do this. Like, I really feel, I know I can do it. And that was purely because I didn't think I was like talented. I didn't think I could just skate through it. Like, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I knew I could do it because I knew my work ethic and I knew what I put into things. And when I when I say I want to do something, and again, I like you said, I, you zero into it. I know that I can do things at a, maybe not at a high level, but like I can, I definitely work at things at a high level. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent a lot of hard work at uni. And only got average grades. Like I only finished with like a sixty-four GPA. Yeah. But um, like that's a that's a hard GPA. Like sixty-four. Like I, I'm proud of that. So, um, yeah. Again, di- different to your experience, but to tie it all back in, nothing beats hard work and nothing beats your work ethic. So, yeah. Mm. Make sure you've got that. Well said. Yeah. It's hard to imagine anyone getting far in any field without working hard all the people that you see that are at the top of their field worked fucking harder than yeah, you did exactly and that was my attitude with true footy i've never felt like that was i was the best at it but for a while i was probably outworking 95 percent of the community not community like people doing it and i think yeah like you look at people who start channels and then get to a certain level and stop yeah i wanted i was determined to get past that point yeah maybe now i've stagnated a little bit but um there's no doubt that i got to where got it to where it is simply because i worked harder Definitely not because I was actually better at it than anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's so, good. Do you have any relationship advice? Because I've got a little one. Damn. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm not very good at relationships. I mean, I've only had one and that was from the age of 16 to 21. Since 21, I've been completely single. Mm. But What's your you attitude, know? I guess, then? If somebody's asking you as a young man who's like 20... And they're interested in getting in a relationship? Uh, it, or just the, with women in general, do you have any advice, I guess? I've really put you on the spot here. Yeah. We didn't plan this at all. I'm just trying to think. Can, do you want to give me yours? And I, yeah. might, I might be able to... I've really only got one. And that's um, something my dad always said to me. I remember I went through a breakup when I was about 17 or 18. Um, it was a really sad breakup with this girl who moved overseas. And... My dad said to me, he's like, you know, the worst thing you can do is meet the right person too early. Yeah. And I was like, cool. That just made me feel fucking sad. So, uh, like, <laughs> so you're saying she's the right person? Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly what I, my thought process yeah. was. But, um, but I think it really rings true. And I think it's probably a little bit of a case of me and my recent breakup as well. Um, probably was the right person, just the wrong stage of life. And, and I think it's just important to be aware of that. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not too much you can do about it. It's not really actionable advice. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I guess. I guess mine would just be 
communication like communication just seems to be everything in a relationship mm. and then I think just being honest like it, like if you don't if you don't want a relationship with a girl like tell her that and and things will play out way better if you told her that from the start instead of maybe telling her otherwise because you think it might work for the initial stage but then you never really wanted it but you're just saying that because that's what they want to hear like I think if you if, if you're just yeah honest and, and communicate things earlier I think they play out way better than maybe not I'm not saying lying but maybe some truths are a little bit fabricated <laughs> yeah and they yeah yeah well one thing I'm big on actually now you, think, you just reminded me but I hate people who play games in relationships yeah. and like I understand to an extent you got to do it like there are people who do it a little bit just to make someone a little bit more interested in like fucking whatever yeah but I've seen and I've been part of situations where two people like each other but they're too busy playing the fucking game and both of them just end up upset and, yeah. and sad and yeah. never end up with each other I've yeah. seen that so many times so I guess my my point there is like I wish people would be more upfront and honest about whether like if you like someone just be honest about it and yeah. I, I reckon I'm directing more of that at girls girls are worse at playing the game guys are far more likely to just be upfront and be like hey I like you and I guess that's the social norm of guys chase girls yeah. so the guy's not going to play as hard to get I yeah. get that but I don't know I just if you want something just be honest with yourself and don't get ego in the way I guess no fair point yeah fair point uh, well I've only got one point left um and it's funny because I literally thought of it halfway through this podcast, but then um, we had a, I don't even know, what, uh, like a, a guest speaker at our graduation. Okay. And he said something that like, I will never, never forget. It, it hit me so hard. And it was, um, basically it ties into momentum. So the most powerful thing in the world, in the universe is momentum. Um and what I mean by this is if you're a person that has just come out of school and you don't know what to do, if you're a person that has finished graduated university and you don't know what to do, if you're a person that is in a dead-end job and you don't know what to do, if, if you're in any situation and you're not sure what to do, you don't know what your best next move is, do anything. Mm. Do anything. Any job is better than no job. Literally just pick anything and just do that. Just keep the keep the momentum going. Don't ever sit and be stagnant. Don't ever let time catch up with you. Just keep things moving. Keep things rolling. Things will fall into place and things will happen. I felt this when I finished university, and I didn't I didn't think of this when I was doing it. But then looking back, it's exactly what I did. Was I come out of university? I didn't have a graduate job. So what did I do? I worked two jobs and I just kept momentum going. I moved as much as possible. I tried to as many hours in a day as I could be that were making money like billable hours I made sure I was going to have the most amount it was from 7am in the morning to 10pm at night I was making money I was just moving constantly I was just my moment my momentum was so so fast and clicking along at such a high speed that eventually things fell into place and boom this perfect graduate job literally perfect job that I've never seen like out of all the jobs that I apply for I think I looked on my LinkedIn I applied for 54 jobs yeah right and none of them were as good as the job that I ended up landing and yeah. this job was a job that wasn't advertised mm. it just sort of like all these things are sort of lined up and boom 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 next thing I know I've got this job offer um, so I really believe in momentum don't sit don't be stagnant if you're not sure what to do just do something mm. I like that that's really good you've actually reminded me of one as well which is kind of closely related for two reasons because I think I saw was it Tim Minchin is that his name Tim Tim Minchin did a um, graduation speech. He was the guest speaker and he, he had like seven pieces of advice or whatever. One of them was to be micro ambitious. So what that means is don't necessarily 
I think you can set yourself up to fail if you have this grand plan yeah. of here's where I am now and then necessarily like say by 30 I want to have a car a house um, and you know a wife or whatever like that or you know a husband but like I think that can set you up to fail if you're not that way inclined but setting yourself short-term goals and just being like micro ambitious just full on in the pursuit of those yeah. and then moving from one to the other and yeah. like you say keeping up momentum I think that is really really good especially for someone who doesn't know what they want to do in life so yeah. for me it was starting youtube to see i don't know where this looks like in 12 months from now but i just started it and you know here i am still loving it yeah but you know i, that, that, I think that's a really good piece of advice um say save for a trip in 12 months post covid um and then do that and then see where you're at after that set a new goal i think that's really really good yeah no i agree with that and I, i'm big on goal setting and and setting small goals and just knocking them out mm. not setting that like you said that huge home run but like setting up these small goals that might be minor goals you can do both i guess like uh, there's nothing wrong with having a big plan, for sure but for if sure. you set steps i think that's a lot better and more attainable yeah and i think it also works into being flexible which which goes into stretching opportunity <laughs> opportunities will come when you least expect them and i think you, you need to have a mind frame where you can knock out these little goals and then there's opportunity come that you might have never even considered and you, you need to have a mind a mindset that can allow you to potentially take that and then everything switches and now you're knocking out new goals. And, and just having that flexibility and that um, fluidity to be able to move with the punches and, and knock out goals as you're going and be setting those micro small goals, which eventually will lead, when you look back after 10 years, you would have had all these goals that you've knocked out and you would have moved so far instead of obsessing maybe over that one little thing. Um, I think that's actually really true. And that's something that I actually I do as well so i'm glad you brought that up because that fed into that yeah that was good well i think we've um i think we've probably hit them all eh? yeah yeah i don't know if there's any you want to add i was going to say we've got a couple of questions but um was there anything else you wanted to no let's let's roll some questions yeah we okay. might think of some things between now and then some of the questions are a little disappointing this week um, i must admit there was like yeah. four joke ones <laughs> we, can, we can skip <laughs> which those. is fine nah I appreciate it, guys. Um, what was I going to say? There was probably only one. Well, there was two. Brackyard Charizard, friend of the channel, um, doesn't have a question, but he just says, make sure you can remember them. That's his advice for your 20s. So uh, the, because yeah. the body's called like um, lessons from your 20s. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you remember them. Fair. Yeah. Fuck, you must have got really black out if you yeah. don't remember them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mitch Ryan has uh, probably the um, the best question and the only question I think we're going to bother with. Um, what does he say? Uh, in five years, where do you want to be? Asks Mitchie Ryan, get around his uh, AFL channel. Um, yeah, so in five years, we're 26 now. What do you want your life to look like? Well, I mean, this sort of feeds into what we were saying before. So again, I don't really set big goals. I, I don't have like the five-year yeah. plan, the 10-year plan. I have small plans along the way. And once I took this grad job, my plan, my goal was to become a licensed valuer. Mm. So that, that's what this whole grad job is about. I'm working towards that. I'm a year in. I've got another year to go. Once I am a licensed valuer, I'll again sit down, reassess and set a new goal and try and smash that goal out as well and try and keep my flexibility. I don't want to close myself up for potential opportunities that might arise later. I want to be a person that if something comes up, I want to have the ability to be able to take them at, at no notice, basically. Mm, I like it. That's yeah. good, man. Well, what, was your, what was your answer? Um, I probably only really want to think about like, I think if I'm doing YouTube, maybe not full-time, but predominantly as my source of income in five years, that would be a big achievement. Cool. And I liked to, would have liked to have traveled a fair bit in that five years, yeah, okay, post-COVID. I wish I said that. That's huge for me as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I want to do a lot more traveling. I, yeah. I said in previous podcasts, I sort of spent the first half of my 20s um, really like career ambitious. And um, anytime like some sort of traveling came up, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I had too many things going on. Like I had to finish an uh, apprenticeship and I remember I booked a Bali trip, mm. which ended up landing on um, my last TAFE block, which would have extended my apprenticeship for a, a full year. Yeah, um, and I wasn't going to do that. I was like, no, I'm, I'm finishing this as soon as I can. And then uh, going to uni, like, um, you know, we're out here living by ourselves. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say my parents don't do anything for me because they definitely do help me out. But I am self-sufficient mm. to the most part. Yeah. So, like, uni holidays coming up and just being able to jet off anywhere, like like kids that are born here that live with their parents might be able to do, definitely was an option for us. Mm. We were flat broke because we were spending our money on rent and food and uh, bills. Um, so now that I've sort of worked into... A pretty comfortable rhythm with doing my grad job i definitely want to um yeah start spending some more time traveling and and, and building up those experiences for my 20s so that i can look back and have something cool to talk about that's it man we've got a big five years ahead of us that's uh, yeah a lot of things i want to do a lot of memories to make i guess you don't yeah. want to waste this little period no like i said we've um finished uni got more money than we've ever had this is the time to do it. Yeah. But, um, the camera's about to run out, so we should probably wind up the potty deal. Yeah. Thought we went well. No, um, it was good. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. Get around us on, uh, well, on YouTube. That's the only place we can find us right now. We will be on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and, you know, follow us on Insta because that will be posting the clips and stuff like that. But also, you can fire away questions at us as well. But, uh, yeah. And hit us in the DMs. Yeah, right in the DMs. Yeah. And then hit us in the NUTs. All right. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bye.